Hello everyone, Mark here with a teaser of what's happening over on Patreon. Every month a new bonus episode is released on Patreon for members to show my appreciation of the support they are extending to the show. These bonus episodes have allowed me to head back through the series episodes where I take topics that were covered briefly and then explore them in a little more detail. These bonus episodes haven't taken anything away from my initial vision of the series, but have allowed me to supplement it with topics in isolation. This teaser is designed to give you an idea of the topics we cover and if these bonus episodes would be of interest to yourself. The teaser for the latest release will remain on the normal feed for a month and then replace with the teaser of the next bonus episode to come out. If you are interested in supporting the series, please consider heading over to the Casting Through Ancient Greece Patreon page, where you can get access to these bonus episodes plus other benefits. Hello all and welcome back to another bonus episode, exclusive to you all here on Patreon. I really appreciate your continued support and it gives me a great enjoyment to see you gaining some value out of the series. The last couple of bonus episodes we began our look at the early development of both Sparta and Athens. We started things off by looking at some of the origin stories existing in myth that both of these cities would tell themselves to explain their beginnings. For Sparta, this had been a tale around the return of the Heraclidae that would help justify their claims to the lands they would move into. This would see the hero Heracles being an ancestor of those who would come to create and occupy the polis of Sparta as it developed. In Athens we saw there would be tales around the gods vying for favour which would see the settlement atop a rocky outcrop being the city of Athens. While many of the developments that would begin to develop in Athens during the Archaic Age would see their origins with the hero Theseus. With these mythic stories now covered, I had thought about going into the historical archaeological record of these early times for both cities. But looking back at the early episodes in the series, I feel we have already covered these aspects sufficiently, given what is available. So instead, I thought we could turn to a couple of early influential figures, who were both credited with reforming the institutions and laws within both Sparta and Athens. Both would fit somewhere between myth and history, as there would be references to them and their achievements in the historical record, but much of what is written of them seems to exist in the area of tradition. For today's episode, we will be heading back to Sparta, where we will be focusing on Lycurgus, the lawgiver. Then we will turn to Solon of Athens next bonus episode. We have looked at both of these figures in our early episodes in the series, though I thought we could fill out their biographies a little more this time around. Lycurgus would be one of the most important figures that the Spartans would point to as being responsible for many of their reforms and institutions developing within early Sparta. He would be hailed as a lawgiver who would save the Spartans from civil strife and would introduce a number of communal and military reforms that would lead to the uniquely Spartan way of life that we would read in the sources. Although Lycurgus would be seen as separate from myth, it is unsure if he was an actual historical figure. A number of scholars would see this as being a product of tradition and a convenient figure to ascribe important early developments of Spartan society. This point we will look at more closely towards the end of the episode. Though before that I would like to explore what our sources relay about his life and role in Spartan affairs. Then I will look at a number of the reforms and institutions he would be responsible for. Finally, we will then look at the notion of him being an historical figure and what else may have been at play. So first, let's look at who Lycurgus supposedly was, and just for a note on this part, we are mostly relying on Plutarch for this information, with much of it being anecdotal. Probably the first thing we need to highlight before tackling Lycurgus's life is an omission made by Plutarch himself. He would write, There is so much uncertainty in the accounts which historians have left us of Lycurgus, the lawgiver of Sparta. 
that scarcely anything is asserted by one of them which is not called into question or contradicted by the rest. When Lycurgus is supposed to have lived is one of these examples that no one can seem to agree on, with dates ranging from the 10th century BC all the way to the 6th. Plutarch highlights the time of the founding of the Olympic Games as being in one possible point, while Thucydides would place Lycurgus during the 9th century. This issue around the many historians not agreeing on when Lycurgus is supposed to have lived, along with the many details associated with him not agreed upon, has seen the question around him as a historical figure arise. This we will look at a little later, though for our purposes today we are going to roughly follow the line Plutarch reports when he comes to his life. It appears that Lycurgus was from a noble family in Sparta, as we would hear that he would rise to power after the death of his father, who was the king, and then his brother. This point of Spartan history supposedly saw civil strife breaking out, with the people growing to despise a noble class. It would be during a riot that Lycurgus's father would be stabbed, leaving the kingship to his oldest son, Polydectes, who would also die soon after, though we are not told how. This would leave Lycurgus next in line for the throne in many people's eyes. However, it would be discovered that the older king's brother's wife, the queen, was pregnant. With this development, Lycurgus would stand aside if the baby was a boy once born, and would instead act as the child's regent. There would then be a curious moment where the queen would offer to miscarry the child and marry Lycurgus, so he could gain the crown for himself. This would then allow the story around Lycurgus to rise up beyond petty self-interest and ego as he would convince the queen from carrying out this wicked act. The child would be born a male, and therefore the rightful king, where Lycurgus would then take up his regal duties. We would hear that not long after in his royal duties, there would be those who would start to become jealous of the influence he now had, this namely from the queen and her supporters. This would see accusations that Lycurgus was looking to bring harm against the child and usurp the throne. Lycurgus, perhaps seeing the writing on the wall, or attempting to avoid another round of civil strife, would decide to go into voluntary exile. He would begin a life of travelling the Mediterranean world, where he vowed not to return to Sparta until his nephew had married and had sons of his own, thereby securing his royal line. This is where we get the travels of Lycurgus and the episode that would see him learn a great many things that he would end up bringing back to Sparta and help shape the future of Spartan society. The first location we hear of him travelling to would be the island of Crete. It would be here that Lycurgus would experience the different forms of government and various different laws, seeing them in practice and how the leading men acted within their framework. He would develop in his mind an ideal structure for Sparta, along with a set of useful laws to govern the people. It is also here that it is said that the future discipline that would come to be so central to Spartan life was conceived. Lycurgus would be exposed to the lyric poet Thales, who was well known for his songs of obedience, order and tranquility. Well, I hope you enjoyed that taste of what's happening over on Patreon. If you would like to support the series, please consider heading over to Patreon, where you can gain access to the full version of this episode, plus many more. Alternatively, you can head to the Casting Through Ancient Greece website and click on the Support the Series button, where you can discover many ways to extend your support to the show. Thank you everyone for listening to the series, and I hope you continue to enjoy what is to come in the future.